the beautiful Chrysler Building in New York City, where rumor has it that the Cuomo brothers have a cubicle just behind that door. This is the Scammies. What's a scam? It's a trick. It's a ploy. Designed to take advantage of you and take your money. Our job is to make you a little bit smarter so you don't fall for it. Now this scammy is about a hot new area called NFTs or non-fungible tokens. Ah, that's techno babble. What I want to focus on is who's making money and what tricks are they using. I want to start with a short video. Take a watch of this. 90 days, I've, made, I've done $91 million in revenue on my VFriends NFT launch. The first 51 million I kept. Do you recognize that guy? His name's Gary V. He's a digitally prolific, sort of diminutive Tony Robbins, but he understands technology and social media as evidenced by his millions of followers on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. In that video, he's talking about his foray into NFTs. He said he generated 91 million in just over 90 days with his NFT collection called V Friends. He claimed to have made an enormous 51 million just in the first week, more than $7 million a day. He created some childish art, which he says he drew himself and put up for sale. Like this one. He calls Conviction Cockroach. Do you think that has artistic value? More importantly, do you believe his financial claims? Like every self-proclamation, you should be skeptical, very skeptical. Furthermore, I'll tell you money is never made in NFTs but rather it's transferred from the dumb to the smart, from the ignorant to the savvy. Where did that money come from that Gary Vee made? It came from his followers. They bought his digital designs and in so doing transfer their funds to Gary. He's richer, they're poor. And unless they find someone else to sell to, they're out that money. This is the way NFTs work. And if you're unfamiliar with NFTs, it's an online transaction where you're buying something using a crypto financial network instead of the typical dollar U.S. financial network. Instead of using cash or Visa or MasterCard or PayPal, you use an alternative financial system like Bitcoin or Ethereum or countless other currencies that are collectively called cryptocurrencies. Now, there are some advantages to crypto and some disadvantages, and I'm not going to spend any time talking about the technology because there are many videos about that. Instead, I want to talk about the money. Besides Gary's tale of $50 million in one week, maybe you've heard other stories about people buying cryptocurrency artwork. Maybe you've heard of Bored Apes or CryptoPunks. Bored Apes, those are actual sale prices. $400,000 for a Bored Ape and $10 million for a crypto punk. Now, I'm sure you're envious. Everyone wants to make more money. It's entirely logical to think, hey, I could get in on the buying and selling of those. How easy. But is it possible? Is it practical? How can we know? Well, we can know, and I'm gonna tell you how. One of the advantages of crypto is that all the transactions are publicly documented. 
Now, people's names aren't known, but every transaction is publicly recorded and viewable, and the account numbers are known. So you can track what is being purchased and sold and at what price. By examining these digital receipts, we can know exactly what is happening behind the scenes. We can learn who's making money, who's the sucker, who's losing money, and most importantly, what slide tricks are they using to scam other people? And here's what we learn. When NFTs go on sale for the first time, they typically have a secret sales process where a few insiders are given the opportunity to buy early at a far cheaper price. This is a tactic called whitelisting. They keep a list of accounts, that's the whitelist, that they permit to buy the items before the general public can, before you can. Not only do they get early access, but it's often for a far cheaper price. Let me give you a real life example. It doesn't involve NFTs, but it illustrates precisely what is happening. I started a digital music company called mp3.com. It was a rocket ship, grew fast. And as a CEO, I decided to go public and list the company on NASDAQ in what's called an IPO, initial public offering. We sold about 15% of the company. And even though it says public in the name, initial public offering, the public couldn't buy those shares, at least not initially. Instead, the banks that helped mp3.com go public got to decide who got first access to those shares. Naturally, they gave the opportunity to their best clients as a favor. mp3.com sold those initial shares for $28 each. And once trading was open to the general public, the price zoomed to more than $100. So those preferred buyers could have made a whopping 400% on their investment in just minutes. 400%. And this is exactly what's happening with NFTs. A very small group of highly connected people get first access and are able to buy at a discounted rate, increasing the likelihood that they'll be able to find a profitable buyer. Unlike with stocks, we can analyze every sale of an NFT, remember, by tracking that account number that is public. And here's what we know. People on that whitelist who buy early make a profit a whopping 76% of the time. Three out of four trades, they're making a profit. That's enormous. Those not on the whitelist, just the general public, they generate a profit only 20% of the time. This is because they're paying a higher price. They're losing money four out of five trades. This makes a roulette wheel look like a good value. But the most important factor when determining the value of art, whether it's traditional art or crypto art, is the supply and the perceived demand. Take Beanie Babies. Remember that 90s phenomenon, stuffed animals? Nobody thinks stuffed animals made in China have extraordinary value based on design or material or craftsmanship. The value of Beanie Baby was derived from the perception that they were rare and that others desired them. The Beanie Baby manufactured everything in their power to create that illusion of high demand and low supply. And cryptocurrency art collections, NFTs, are doing the exact same. They artificially limit the supply 
even though they typically use a computer program to automatically generate hundreds or even thousands of variations. In fact, here's a video I want to show you of how even a non-programmer can create hundreds or thousands of crypto art with just a few clicks. Take a watch. We got six eyes, 10 mouths, 12 backgrounds. So, so far we got a pretty deep collection. In that video, you see a guy using Photoshop to create hundreds of digital art for his NFT collection. He co combines a collection of mouths and nose and hats and backgrounds, each with slightly different variations until at the end you saw this big list of artwork. But the most important factor is demand. NFT pushers must make it seem like people are clamoring for their digital creations. And here's how they do it. The NFT creator orchestrates phony sales between accounts they own to trick people into thinking that there's demand and customers are paying a high price. Let me explain exactly how. On the crypto network, it's essentially free to create an account. Accounts are not linked to your phone number, or social security number, or any uniquely identifying data. So an individual could have one account or a thousand. There's no way of knowing. So they use one account to sell and another to buy, but they're owned by the same person. To outsiders or people not in the know, it appears that people are buying the NFTs because they see different accounts, but it's all an illusion. It's called a wash trade. And it's a form of market manipulation in which a, an investor simultaneously sells and buys the same financial instrument. First, an investor places a sell order, then they place a buy order to buy from themselves, themselves or vice versa. This artificially increases trading volume, but more importantly, gives the impression that there's huge demand. The crypto networks are routinely using wash trades to make others think there is a demand. One analysis of crypto networks found that an astonishing 70% of all trades were wash trades. 70%! This was for all crypto trades, not just NFTs. I'm not aware of any research looking only at NFTs. So that number could be higher, could be lower. But my instincts tell me because art is so dependent on the perception of demand that that number is likely to be even higher than 70%. Wash trades are actually ideal for NFTs because they have very low volume. Even the most popular NFTs like CryptoPunks and Super Apes, which I showed you, only do a few transactions per day. Less popular ones might do a few per week. So it's easy to place an order and direct where it will be filled. So the scam is for a person or a group of people to create a collection of junk art NFTs, then coordinate a bunch of phony purchases of many of the items, but not all of them. Since they're purchasing the money themselves, they can spend $1,000, dollars $10,000, $10, and it really doesn't cost them anything except a small transaction cost. But the general public sees sales of $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, so they're tricked into thinking there's a man. And those NFT pushers will likely leave a few available for those suckers to buy. 
Now, wash trading has been illegal in the United States since 1936. It's rarely used in the major stock markets because there are so many shares and trades that if you put an order to overpay, pay $1,000 for something, you would likely buy somebody else's share, not the one that you own. But these crypto networks, where all the NFT action is, aren't operating under the same rules as NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange. Now, you may also hear about how an NFT has a community. That's really important. And each project typically has a chat forum on a Discord server where the owners talk to each other. I spent hours eavesdropping on those discussion boards so you don't have to. And it is sad. There's endless banter from obviously financially ignorant and desperate people who've been suckered into buying an NFT, trying to convince themselves and others that it's a good investment, which will appreciate for sure in value. They'll go through all sorts of wacky theories about how in the next week or next month, the price is gonna zoom up. It's sad because these items are junk. So we know how this will end. You ever see that TV show, Pawn Stars? It's about a Vegas pawn shop where people take their objects in to sell. And a couple times every season, collectors will show up with hundreds of Beanie Babies or Simpson characters still in boxes. They'll talk about how they've spent tens of thousands of dollars and decades collecting hundreds of items. They'll be unopened in their original box, having taken up space in a garage for years. Now it's time for them to cash out to get their money to send their kid to college or retire. They'll pile stacks and stacks of boxes on the counter, expecting to realize their long-awaited payday, only to have their dreams shattered when the pawn shop tells them their entire collection is worth a few hundred bucks or sometimes nothing. It's sad. And it's the fate that awaits those buying junk art whether it's wrapped in fancy crypto terminology or not. Hopefully, I've convinced you that the NFT market is rigged. With any rigged market, whether a casino or NFT trader market, there's only two ways to win. First, being on the rigging side of the equation. Be the house who has better odds with every slot machine pull. Or in trading markets, be an insider gets preferential access and discounts to buy underpriced items. Of course, practically only a small number of people can be insiders. Otherwise, they won't be insiders. The second way to win is don't play. I know it's tough to sit out on the sidelines when the media is talking up money sloshing around like a game of Monopoly. But the data says you will lose if you play. Better to not play and stay even. Go to the restaurant in the casino, casino. See the show in the casino, but don't play the games. Oh, and that big crypto trade everyone's talking about this week? There's a good chance it's a wash trade. It's a complete illusion. It's a lie. Well, that's this episode of Scammies. I hope you'll think twice about getting involved with NFTs. I'll include in the description links to some of the crypto and NFT research I cited in this episode. If there's a scam you want me to check out, hit me up an email. It's in the description field too. Feel free to leave a comment in the comment section. And definitely 
click that subscribe button so you'll be notified when I publish the next scanning, which is gonna be a blockbuster because it's the 2021 award show where the top scammies will be recognized. You won't wanna miss it. Thanks for watching.